There's no emotions with this guy. No, None. I know. I have emotions. Emotions are weakness. I have feelings. He has two emotions. Do you know what they are? I don't want to say on this podcast. Uh, no, his two, his two emotions are content and moderately concerned. <laughs> this is a true statement. <laughs> I like to moderately concerned, content and moderately concerned. Yeah, yeah. And when he gets moderately concerned, I get concerned. <laughs> He's mostly just content all the time. Mostly. There's a cop outside. What are you doing, cop? Are they coming for us? Yeah. Are you getting arrested for doing the podcast? Oh, free speech! Free speech! This is the Orientalist Express podcast. This is the special edition, final episode of the special edition impeachment series podcast that we're calling... My Pregnant Wife. Oh, oh wait nope wrong one my idiot wife <laughs> wait, 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 wait. are you pregnant i am congratulations <laughs> thank you baby number two all right so and that of course was my lovely wife hannah who is not an idiot hello i am nicholas hayen and we also have stephen howard on the line hello all right, so this is the final episode of the impeachment series. If you've been listening along, you've heard us talk about the charges and then the charges going through the House and then uh, what's going on in the Senate. So now we're going to recap after everything is finally said and done. Now that this process is over, we're going to talk a little bit more about um, essentially the arguments that were made in the Senate and the ultimate conclusion. Um, if you haven't listened to the previous episodes, of course, please go back and do that. Otherwise, you'll be completely lost and you'll have no idea what's going on. So with that... I'm still going to be lost and not know what's going on regardless of being <laughs> a part of the first three episodes. And that is why you're here. Yeah. Hello. All right. So, um, Hannah, take it away. What are your questions about the um, the, the entire process? And I don't have any questions, guys. I'm just angry. I'm just angry. I'm just angry about how it all turned out because now, like, oh, I've been completely exonerated. Not, and it's, that's not what it means. Um, or is it what it means? I don't know. I, I'm just, I, I honestly, I have no words this time, guys. I have no words. Yeah, so he was, he was not convicted. And that is, he was impeached, but he was not convicted. And that's Correct. kind of how this turned out in the very end but that being said he was impeached and that will be on his record forever sure sure and i just i think that uh at least from what i've seen kind of of the fallout i'm not 100 percent sure that does too much to him um in historical record if you want to go for that that is going to be something important he's the what third president to be impeached ever that is something that's going to go down in the history books but in terms of politics right now, I think there are only two groups that came out of this uh, looking better, and that is the far right and the far left. And those are the people on the far right who Trump is exonerated. You're t- he was acquitted. Um, the Senate did not convict him, did not remove him. Um, so they they can play that as much as they want. And it, it's going to work. I have, I have a bunch of Republican friends 
uh, who right now, I I will say they they were growing very tired of Trump before this, but then during the impeachment trial, they kind of were they they they've gone a little bit further towards them because it to be honest, moderate Republicans kind of look like fools right now. Um, Democrats in general don't look great for and I don't want to say it was mishandled but they should have known this was coming and it felt like it was all a surprise I how who would have known that this would have been how Trump defended himself and who would have known that this is how Trump would do X Y and Z and I, if you're gonna go forward with this that's your job to know mm-hmm. you you look like a fool right now the only other people on the left that really came out of this looking better are the people who are ultra, ultra, ultra negative Trump, uh, never Trump. They are the people who were calling for impeachment basically before he was ever even a pres- the president of the United States. And that's just because the only people they care about talking to are the people who are going to feel the same way as they do. So those are the only two groups that come out of here, in my opinion, looking better and looking better to their respective groups and to a kind of a wider, broader base as well. To their, to their respective groups, maybe, but I would say, I mean, like the Republicans who signed on to this, they are damaged in the sense of they had to accept the arguments that the president made. And some of those arguments that he made were absolutely shocking. Like if, if people weren't actually paying attention to what they were saying, because basically the thought process goes, now, it's obviously a president can't be indicted while he's in office, which has kind of already been known as like a thing. But then the only recourse besides that is an investigation. Well, they essentially were saying, you can't even investigate a president, that's illegitimate. So you certainly couldn't impeach one, which would be, in their minds, illegitimate as well. And furthermore, the final ar- argument which was made was essentially that if the president does anything to further his own election, that is in the national interest. And that is an argument that they made. And, and that's, that's terrifying. Of course it is. That sounds like a dictatorship to me. That is that is exactly what that is. That's what dictators would do. They would see themselves in the national interest as one and the same. And so, and that's just not how a democracy can work. It can't work if the person with all of the power and none of the consequences can do whatever that person wants and believe that that is fully in their in the national interest and not just in their own. It's it's problematic, but the Republicans who who uh, acquitted had to sign on to that essentially. And I, I so I kind of agree with you that, and that, that's why I said like the moderate Republicans or even the not diehard Republicans. I mean, those are two different groups. There, they come out of this looking worse. I completely agree with you on that, but. I believe that every point that you just made got lost in the cacophony that was the impeachment process. There was so much going on at witnesses, uh, who was calling who, what was calling what, what was the narrative at this point in time, how was this being framed? And I feel like a lot of very important things, like especially the uh, anything that the president does to be reelected is in the national interest. It is incredibly, incredibly bad. And there was a little bit, you know, it, it was a big story for about one week. Um, and it was a big story on either, uh, I, I would say, left-leaning or um, 
left websites. I don't think it was a big story basically anywhere else. It was a big story on some of the center, you know, sort of more centrist media outlets. Sure, but I I think it wasn't as long, maybe a couple days. I I don't think it was near as big a deal. And that it don't don't like me wrong. I think it is a big deal, but I think it got lost in the actual impeachment hearing. Yeah, and unfortunately, that's um, that's a very successful tactic that we've realized by now is you know, his defensive arguments spanned the entire gamut of any possible argument you could see. Is that he said both I didn't do it, and if I did, it's okay, and also you deserve it, and you know whatever I do is fine in the national interest uh, because it is in the national interest. You have that entire grab bag of excuses. So all anyone has to do is pick the one that makes them feel good enough about themselves to just move forward and forget everything. And ultimately, when you're dealing with something like that, how do you push back against it? And I'd, I'd like to go back to what you said, Stephen, um, about how it was like there was so much involved in this impeachment thing like that it was hard to keep track of everything happening like the witnesses and everything with but with anything like this any say any trial any thing like that you're gonna it's gonna be complicated because we're human humans are complicated and i feel like that that's an excuse that not saying that you're using it like you're saying that a lot of the really deep scary things got lost in the cacophony of the impeachment process itself. But I think that's an excuse that I feel like a lot of right-leaning media sources were like, well, now this person's involved in this person. Who can keep track of this? Well, you can keep track of it. You just don't want to because you want to make it sound like it's a whole preposterous, like, proceeding. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it definitely makes sense. And I think there is definitely an element of that. And they did play it to their advantage, the kind of the chaos that came with everything. And you're completely correct that if someone tried to keep up with this, you definitely can. I did. Uh, Nick did. Um, I, I, there are a whole bunch of people did. Um, I, you did to an extent as well. I mean, it's <laughs> I, to an extent. I, well, I, but the But the problem is, is that people have normal regular lives and that's kind of something that I, I i like to talk about a lot is that i get this is really big for the country but this isn't really big for people's lives this and so they're not going to pay a whole bunch of attention to it so if there's a bunch of cacophony around this it is going to get lost and it's not something that i ex- unfortunately it's not something that i expect people to pay attention to because it is they have their own lives to live they have, uh, they have their children's have to do well in school. They have to make enough money. They have to get raises. They have to go on vacations. They have to do all this stuff to actually live their own lives. And if we're mm-hmm. also asking them to be experts in our political system, it's going to absolutely, it's going to kill people. It really, there's just not enough that you can do, I guess, to, to get part of that. Um, well, and that's, that's so much of, of this problem is that this didn't impact anyone's lives directly. I mean, ultimately, at the end of the day, what was at stake here was sort of this intangible abuse of power and democratic norms and things that, you know, if you even care about, which some people just honestly don't, but if you do care about, it's so hard to see any any way that it actually impacts you directly. 
And ultimately, that's why this one is so difficult, even even for how simple the actual narrative was, which could be summed up in just the few sentences of, you know, the president extorted a, an ally to get him to investigate one of his political opponents. It's that simple, but it doesn't impact anyone's lives directly. And so it's like you said, it's really hard for people to want to focus on it because there's so many other more personal things that seem to take precedent. So, I mean, I, I understand it, but at the same time, too, it also plays into how how jaded everyone is about the political process here. I mean, the moment we even announced an impeachment, everyone was already upset and thinking, you know, well... This... Everybody had already chosen their side. Yeah, and because everyone was so... People almost don't want to believe in, you know, a true altruistic democracy anymore, right? Like, nobody wants to believe that there is actually someone who could who could put the country before their own personal political interests. But it's happening. Like, that's the thing, is if you don't want to believe it, that's fine. But it's it's happening. This is real. Like, ignoring it is not going to make it go away. And what really bothers me is he was acquitted because the people in power want to stay in power. That's it. That is... That in... Because the Republicans want to stay in power. Like, that's why he was acquitted. Yeah. It doesn't matter what the facts are. It doesn't matter. Yeah. The Republicans wanted to stay in power. They wanted to keep a Republican president because it helps their agendas. It doesn't matter what the facts are. Yeah, and I think you're right that uh, coming into this, everyone had made up their minds before. But, and that's where I get back to the Democrats had no strategy going into this because they should have known that. There's what impeachment. I thought they did know that though. They, well, I I thought they did too, but they had no strategy to deal with it. Stephen, I think the strategy actually doesn't even come into play right now. The strategy is going to come into play in September, October, early November, when they can run ad after ad about how Republicans stood up and just said that this behavior was okay. That's really what their end game is. Is is not today. It's November 2020. But I if think people that's have already made up their minds about what side they're on, basically, they're not, in, in a essence, they're preaching to the choir. Mm-hmm. And I don't Both think sides. this is a, yes, I, hey, I completely so, agree. Hey, sometimes you got to preach to the choir because you want them to show up for church. But that's the thing. I don't think they're, I don't think this is going to get them to show up for church. I don't think that anyone on the Democrat side, this isn't going to get people to go out and vote, really, except for a very small portion People are concerned about their lives. People are concerned mm-hmm. about the economy. People are concerned about social issues. People are concerned about all these other things. And when it gets right down to it, these high political machinations that basically look like Game of Thrones happening out there with less death, uh, less fun, I guess, if you want to call Game of Thrones fun. Um, it's a blast. It, it, yeah, well, it's it's not going to get people out to vote. It's not. All it does is depress people. And all it does is pervade that idea that, oh, it's a, our democracy is inherently flawed anyways. Why am I going to go out to vote? There's no point in it. So, and that's, I don't understand exactly. And then maybe this is why, I know Nancy Pelosi, we talked about at the beginning of this, tried to, to slow down the rush for impeachment. She didn't want uh, to have these things. She was basically forced into it by the far left part of the party. And maybe... 
maybe that's because she was thinking, I don't know exactly how we're going to deal with this. This is going to depress voter turnout, which if the Democrats want to win, that's what they need. They need voter turnout. And it is going to change nobody's mind. Well, it did change one person's mind, Stephen. <laughs> Good old Mittens J. Romney. You know, I would never say... I never thought I would say good on you, Mitt Romney, but here I am. Like, how? How is he the only one that, like, looked at the facts and put his political prowess on the line? How is he the only one? Like, because the facts are there. The facts are there. Like, he, it's in the not transcript. Yeah. No, but I think it's, you know, to some extent, I sincerely believe it's his religious beliefs that that helped a lot. And mm-hmm. and just the fact that, I mean, it helps that Utah in general is really not a fan, actually, of Trump. Like, Mormons apparently don't seem to like him very much. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but I think he just genu- genuinely looked at it and said that he was going to vote his conscience. So, got to stand up for him for that. Yeah, and I, I wish I knew what any of those senators was really, really thinking, um, both on the de- Democratic and the Republican side. Um, it's really hard to... Uh, these guys are professional... Guys and gals are professional politicians. There's not a single one up there who didn't have calculations behind this entire process, and that's... I mean, it, but there shouldn't be. Are. That's the thing, is there shouldn't be calculations in it. Mm-hmm. In my personal opinion, like, if somebody does something wrong, there shouldn't be any calculating there. That should be looking at the facts and saying, yes, they did something wrong, or no, they did not do anything wrong. But it sounds like all of this was political. There wasn't a fair trial. Trial, in quotes. Um, (laughs) But... I mean, there shouldn't be any calculating. That's the really frustrating thing. It should just be, look at the facts. Is he guilty or no? In my opinion, clearly he's guilty. Like, and then his argument that my interests are in the country's best interest. Well, that's scary because that's exactly what like a dictator would say, Mm -hmm. you know? And I don't, and I, I don't say these things lightly. I'm not one that. You know, I mean, that jumps to dictatorship or fascism or anything very lightly. But I'm, I and I hate that. Oh well, he's the he's the new Hitler. <laughs> like you know, like I I've heard yeah. that before. I'm not like that. But this is what I'm seeing. This is just the what I from what I've seen. This is really scary. Mm-hmm. And there shouldn't be any calculating when deciding if somebody is guilty or not. There should just be these are the facts. In general, I agree with you. Um, I think that a lot of these people are looking at it like uh, you had to have a third, a two thirds of the Senate to con- to really convict and remove. And a lot of, I think, a lot of these Republican senators, one of the thing, uh, and Democrat senators, that they were looking at was my vote because they're not going to get two thirds one way or another. There just aren't enough uh, people who actually believe it in the Senate. My vote. It could be symbolic, but then I would lose my spot, and maybe if I I lose the ability to promote the uh, the 
change that I'm trying to look for, blah, blah, blah. And again, it's this is all rationalizing at this point. And it's rationalizing both ways because we don't know why they voted how they voted. For honest to God, I bet there are a lot of senators out there who honestly didn't believe that Trump was guilty of anything because of what they were told this way, what they were told that way. Um, maybe and they, and they honestly believe it. There are a lot of Democratic senators who honestly did believe that he was guilty for because what they were told this way, what they were told that way. And I believe there were people in between on both the Democratic and the Republican side who didn't vote their conscience. And I, I think it's what Demo, were there any Democratic senators who didn't vote to impeach? I don't remember. I um, follow it that closely. There were two. So. There were two who didn't vote to impeach in the House for impeachment. But for acquittal no, was, and, and removal... The, I was thinking the senators. Yes, the senators, and, no. There were no Democratic senators who voted for acquittal. I'm, and I'm not sure that... I, I, even that, if you're talking about honesty, I don't think that's honest. I don't think there's not a single Democratic senator out there who didn't believe that Trump... For whatever... However you want to think, they didn't think that that was breaking the uh, norms or the rules. They voted public pressure. They want to be reelected. They want to get their thing. So it's... It's on both sides. It isn't great, but I mean, talking about idealism versus realism, and it's got to work with what you got. Politics is the art of the possible. I mean, if this doesn't get someone impeached, I don't know what would. Yeah, yeah, yeah that is the thing. It's you know, basically, impeachment is no longer a functioning tool of it's not of uh, accountability on either side. You know, on I mean, I'm not saying that this like. That this is just, like, the Republicans. No, I mean, it wouldn't work for Democrats either. Like, it's no longer a tool to get a bad president out of office. Because it doesn't matter what the president... Because so, what, how many of those senators, when when Trump was running for presidents, were never Trumpers? Almost all of them. Almost <laughs> all of them. But now, he walks on water. Why? Because he's a Republican president and he gives them more power. And that's why when I when I go back to when I was saying earlier, the moderate Republicans and even the non-hardcore Trump Republicans don't come out of this looking good. Their party they're... might have... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I'm not, they I'm don't not come sure out that looking. there were very many of them left at this point, so... Mm. I think there's a lot of them that, honest, that honestly are moderate and they think they're doing what's in the best interest of their party and i think they think that the party's best interest is the country's best interest I'm sure and that's they why they're that, doing yeah. what they're doing but they don't come out of it like marco rubio marco rubio comes out looking out of this like a absolute he doesn't look good he doesn't look good at all and he used to be i saw an article i think it was politico um he used to be the face of the new republican party he used to be the future of the republican party i I'm not sure we'll see him in the Senate um, going forward because uh, unless, uh, I don't know his domestic popularity. That could be one thing, but he has no national popularity anymore. Yeah, because those never Trumpers that now will at, at, at this point will defend him to the ends of the earth because that's exactly what they did here. They defended him to the end of the earth. Uh, but one day... One day they will pretend that they never liked him. Right. Yeah. Just like no one ever voted for Nixon, right? And no one ever voted to go into the war in Iraq. <laughs> yep. Yeah. 
So hindsight, 2020. Seriously, that is going to be on someone's political campaign. I just know. I'm surprised that nobody's used that. I think they're waiting for one to actually like coalesce and be the the nominee, and then they'll pick that. Hindsight, yeah. 2020. Hindsight, 2020. I, I mean, you, you can't not do that. Subtitle: We done done it now. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I'm I'm really interested in what this is going to uh, portend for the elections coming up. Um, like I said, a, a lot of uh, Republicans who were kind of on the edge that I knew, the impeachment trial didn't rub them quite the right way and one of the reasons is because of the news outlets that they uh, listen to it's going to spin it one way and that's just what they generally listen to if this so i'm i'm wondering if this might bring uh, a few republicans back basically to the republican fold that might not have been there before and i also wonder what this is going to do for democratic uh, uh the democrats basically as well if I, I I don't know if moderate Democrats actually are going to look at the really hardcore left Democrats right now and say, we want you to continue in office because you champion this through the entire way. Or they're going to look at them and go, you brought us all this crap. You really, you didn't know what you were doing and I don't want you here anymore. And I, I what do you guys think there? Kind of fallout from this. I mean, realistically, I don't think it's going to matter one bit. Especially not for November, because that's a long way away, and we have very short attention spans now. And and we've seen that basically nothing has moved the needle on anything when partisan politics is concerned. So now I think, I mean, most people are probably already past it. Honestly, the fact that this podcast is going to come out like two weeks after, uh, I mean, we've already moved on. So <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> it's unfortunate. It's, it's true. It's true. Uh, we've very short attention span as a nation mm-hmm. at least now just because you know there's a lot happening so i get it it's really hard to keep track of it all what are we talking about exactly <laughs> <laughs> word me over there for a second no it was just a joke honey <laughs> it's like all right so so there's uh this person that we call the president uh, right i don't call him that uh, okay <laughs> This person has nearly unlimited power. (laughs) No, I just, I don't see how it's ever going to get better. I think it's just going to get worse and worse and worse and worse. Well, let's, so so I want to push back against that a little bit because I'm an optimist. I I do too. I want to push against that, but I don't see any evidence that this is going to get any better. Well, we've had extreme hyperpartisanship before. And we've managed to overcome that. And I mean, really, realistically, you know, we've been through, this country has been through wars, it's been through civil war, it's been through the Watergate scandal. It's been <laughs> through a lot and still managed to uh, to come back. And realistically, I mean, things are still going pretty well fine. The only thing that might have been lost in all of this is, you know, kind of that intangible idea of norms and accountability but just that little thing accountability right but even then there is still accountability there is an election 
that will determine the fate of this president. I mean, there's well, hope. One of the uh, one of the things that makes me not to I, I apologize. I'm not super optimistic. I'm kind of with Hannah. Um, one of the things that makes me not very optimistic is the way that the Democrats are talking about using the presidential power if they get in, if they get the presidency. It seems that they are looking at this imperial presidency and the imperial presidencies of the past and going, they made bad decisions, but with my imperial power, I will make it better. And they don't look at it as maybe the president shouldn't have imperial power. They right. want, like in, uh, you talk about uh, Bernie Sanders and his health care for all um, program. He can't pass that himself. He has to have the Senate pass that. And if he uses executive orders to get around that, if he uses presidential decrees, it's just going to further strengthen the presidency. And that means the next Republican that gets in will just completely undo all that. The Democrat that gets in after that Republican will completely undo everything that that Republican did. I agree with you. Onward, mm -hmm. onward. I agree with you. Yeah. Um, no, I... I agree with that too, but I mean, I'm I'm gonna throw a little shade here at the Republicans and say like, look, you said you said no to everything that Obama did for eight years, and then you have this presidency who is, as you say, basically an imperial presidency or it tries to be. What do you expect? Like, what do you expect the other side to do when you? And I'm also now talking to Democrats. What do you expect the other side to do when? you obstruct every single thing that the other side does and then when you get in power you just know that the other side's going to obstruct everything you do so your only recourse at that point is an imperial style presidency i mean now at this point both sides are going to be to blame because for what the better part of 12 years by the end of this if a democrat gets into the office in november the better part of 12 years will have been no other option but essentially an imperial presidency to try to get something done because the other side says no to absolutely everything. So that's mm -hmm. kind what of are we going to do? That, well, that's kind of the thing, though. If the other side says no to everything everything that you propose, I, I, I feel bad saying this, but maybe it shouldn't be done or maybe you do need to compromise on it to get it passed. You need to go back and you need to get those votes. Like when, and I, I, I agree with you, and during the uh, Obama presidency, the Republicans a lot of the time blocked Obama's legislative efforts. The reason they were able to do that is because they had a majority. I, mm -hmm. that, that is democratic. Yeah, that's it, fair. And going around that by um, presidential fiat is going around the Congress. And even if, I, it just is, it's, if your preferential treatment happens in office, the next person who's you're not going to be preferential to you is just going to wipe it all out. It's not going to be an act of Congress, and you're not going to ever. I, I don't know how to get through to people that you're never going to win in politics. If you win, that means the other side lost, which means they're going to come back and they're going to try to punch you the next time they get in. You need the compromise in politics. Yeah, and, that's and a, people that's a fair point. And, and the two parties aren't willing to do that anymore. No, yeah. no, they're not. I agree. It's all or Neither party is willing to do that at this point. So, nope. So that's I like I say I'm not super. But optimistic I mean I on... feel like not only is, you know, the other party doesn't matter which one, trying to block, uh, one party's you know, 
moves, you know. But I feel like they're the the reasons for blocking that become less and less pure. Um, it becomes less and less about the good of all, the good of the population, and more about re-election. And more Blocking about... Blocking Supreme Court justice, for example, from being nominated. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I believe that it it's not necessarily those blockings I, I I agree with you on you know they need to compromise more but when the reasons why they're blocking become more or less out of power and less for for the interest of the American population your constituents that's when you start really running into problems I think like you know Mitch McConnell blocking Merrick um garland Garland, thank you like there was no like oh we want the american people to decide like well no the american people have already decided obama's president you should let him put merrick garland in there you know or at the very least at the very least give him a hearing at the very least right say that you're going to make a real effort to determine if this person is okay or not rather than just say we're not even going to do that right and I think, I mean, you're absolutely right. Like, even even if we look at some of the issues like, oh, like, I don't know, the gigantic national debt and deficit hmm. and how, hmm. I mean, for, again, for eight years, it was all about, you know, how dare the Democrats you know, run up a deficit. But under this current administration, that has put that to shame how much the uh, the debt and deficit has grown. So it's, like you say, the reasons aren't pure anymore. It's it's just, it's it's just partisan politics yep and the only way that we can stop that is i mean you know each one of us individually trying to not be partisan ourselves and to try to actually understand people of different political persuasions which i know is really hard to do oh yeah and i think the other portion is uh electing more moderates to congress people who don't have a problem reaching over the line because their entire base isn't focused on the eradication of the other party yeah right well, we've got three moderate votes right here. So, <laughs> with two, that... Two. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <sighs> okay, so that cancels out my vote. So, Steven, you are our <laughs> only hope. Yes! That's all right. <laughs> I'm sorry, Steven. I can't. I just... I can't. I, Everyone I don't has you, their own vote. I, you, don't, I don't begrudge anyone their own vote. I know, I try, I tried for so long to understand Republicans, and I just can't. (laughs) I can't, I've tried. I have Republican friends, and I just, I I can't, I don't understand. I just don't understand. Well, it's a very, many of them have a very different background Mm -hmm. from us, and that, that probably has a lot to do with it. There was one thing I wanted to, I guess, in response to when you were saying that you don't understand why people would support the president and uh-huh. and all that sort of thing. I, I kind of had this realization finally, and I think it took me m- much longer than it should have, but... Most things do, honey. Uh, it's okay. Wow, thanks. Uh, <laughs> but for the people who support that type of the behavior, the the norm-breaking, the... I will do whatever it takes for myself because, you know, that's that's what I believe is in the national interest. So many people who still follow the president 
they're not doing it because they don't know that that is happening. I mean, I'm sure that there's a few of them, but they're doing it supporting him directly because that is happening. Because they've come to that point where they have so little faith in and how things were operating under the previous, you know, prior to the president, that all this norm breaking and everything is actually, in their minds, it's a great thing. Because they see it as, as cutting through all the bureaucracy and all the crap. And, and I get that to an extent. Um, but I just worry that, okay, that's understandable to an extent, but it's only, you only care because you, actually, you only like it because it's happening with a person that you believe is, is supporting policies that you want to see. And that's just not how it should be done in, in a democracy, right? Like, if you think it's okay for your person to do something, but not okay for the, for someone on the other side to do something, Mm -hmm. that's not okay. That's That's just not how it should function. You should be appalled at behavior, not who is doing the behavior. Right. And I'm appalled at behavior. I mean, I don't like the president, but I'm appalled at the behavior, not the person who is doing the behavior. Yeah, and to I mean, expand on that. If, oh, sorry. Oh no, go ahead, Stephen. I was just going to write just, again. Oh no, I was just going to say to expand on that. I I think every single one of us here has said at some point, why the heck don't we just um, do this? Why the heck don't we just do that? Why don't we just get this done? It's obviously a logical thing. Well, it's norms and procedures, and then you get someone that comes in there and breaks the norms and procedures and gets what you want done. I could I could see why you'd support someone like that, and then but they don't think about what Nick's saying. I don't think they think at all about the fact that there's someone that will come after. If you are not, if you are appalled by one person doing something, but not another person doing the exact same thing, there is something wrong in your logic. There is something wrong with how you perceive things. Because Democrats aren't out to destroy the country. Republicans aren't out to destroy the country. We are all trying to just do the best we can how we believe it should be done. Most of us. Most of us, yes. And unfortunately, <laughs> the person in the Oval Office right now is doing the best for himself, not for the country. Yeah. And, and that's, I that's, believe that. I wouldn't even say that's a loaded statement because he's basically admitted that. Yeah. <laughs> that that he loves the ability to, you know, personally enrich his prestige and, you know, actually, honestly, his pocketbook, too. I mean, look how many people are going to his resorts and his hotels, who are foreign dignitaries, who are just, you know, paying money for, for influence, basically. Like, it's it's right out there in the open, and people are okay with that because, you know, in some ways they wish that they could be that person. Yep. And that's a lot of it, too. Is that I they, mean, they look at that behavior and go, well, I don't see anything wrong with it because if that was me, yeah, that's what I'd do. Well, right. I'm telling you all right now, if that was me, that is not what I would do. Right. Because that's not what you should do with power. All right, well, was there any other questions that you had? I had no questions, just anger. Thoughts besides anger? Um, no. Uh, who, I, can I ask, Pete, Hannah, who exactly Maybe. are you angry at? I, I do want to ask The that. whole process. I'm, I'm angry that, I'm mostly angry that it's such a partisan thing and it wasn't a fair trial. Because anybody else could have could have done that kind of thing and they'd be ha- getting jail time. I understand he's the president. I understand that. But anybody else that was that that was 
that was caught doing something like that, that's extortion. I don't understand how we can get a fair trial to get a, I'm sorry, a bad president out of office. Like, it, it's just, it's just not going to work. It's a, it doesn't matter, honestly, it doesn't matter if it's a Republican president or a Democratic president. You're never going to get them out of office, even if they are the worst of the worst. Because you're, they're going to have such a fan base that are too afraid to, to change their minds because changing your mind looks weak. And it's not. Mm-hmm. It's looking at the facts. And I've changed my mind on several things. It, because when I looked at the facts... My beliefs didn't match up with the facts. And that's when you you have to evolve as a person, admit that you're wrong, and then you change your mind. Changing your mind is not a sign of weakness. I think it's a sign of strength. Because you were willing to listen to the facts. And I'm just angry that it was such, it, it's such a partisan thing that it's just not fair anymore. And it doesn't matter if you're Republican. It doesn't matter if you're Democrat. The entire process is... Messed up. It's just messed up. It's just, it's a partisan thing. It's not objective anymore. No, I agree. You should run for office, babe. I agree. As what? <laughs> As an American. As an American. I mean, I'm registered independent, but we all know what I vote. <laughs> <laughs> Are you braiding your beard? What's happening? Oh, no, I'm just, I'm playing with my beard, honestly. <laughs> I do that, too, actually, quite a bit. Yeah, Twi- Hannah, you have no bit. idea. Once you have, like, hair on your face, you just can't stop playing with it all the time. It's oh, ridiculous. Oh, Steven, trust me, I know, I just pluck it out. I can't stop plucking it out. <laughs> <laughs> girls know, Steven. Girls know. <laughs> we know, if ever you see a girl, like, stroking their chin, it's because they've got beard hairs, and they can't wait to get their hands on some tweezers to get them out. Get this out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is why I can never find tweezers at my house. They're everywhere. They're no, literally they're everywhere. They're not. They're in your purse or no, in I the have... car. They're in the, many places, but the house is not one of them. There's always one on the on the kitchen or kitchen? No, bathroom sink. Bathroom Sometimes sink. it's not there, and that's when I panic. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you. Girls know. All right. Oh, one thing. um, I do want to get this on record that we're going to shout out um, about our new logo. I was going to say something about that. Well, then say it. Oh, no. No, I just wanted you to talk about it. Um, Yeah, we we got an awesome new logo that um, my wife has graciously gifted to me. Um, Well, technically, it was the services of uh, one of our friends who has um, created the logo for us. So. Choke Cherry Designs, owned by Tammy Moore. She's amazing. It is uh, chokecherrydesign.com. Um, she's a great um, graphic designer. She also uh, does photography. She's based out of uh, South Dakota, Brookings, South Dakota. Um, Go ahead and check out her stuff. If you need a logo made or anything, go ahead and contact her. She's amazing. That's it for this episode of the Orientalist Express podcast. I'd like to thank our guests, Hannah. Yo. And Steven. Yep. For their insight and analysis, as well as our listeners and readers of the blog. 
be sure to check out our Facebook page or like us at OrientalistEXP on Twitter. And um, after this, we will continue our regularly uh, scheduled podcasts where we talk about a variety of foreign affairs topics. But we will, of course, keep Hannah on board as she is a lovely resource for... And prone to emotional rants that make no sense whatsoever. Well, you helped keep our conversation grounded, so we really appreciate it. (laughs) Thanks. Yeah. Thank you very much, Anna. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.